It's one thing I've never done is eaten ramen raw. I'm going to go try it tonight. We got, we got ramen at home. That's my go-to snack. My midnight snack is to make ramen noodles. Yeah. Because they're cheap. I just love salt. Salt's like my favorite yeah, food. They're so filled with sodium. <laughs> Gretchen's always like, oh my God, you're so filled with sodium. You're going to have your heart attack. You're going to explode and swell up like a me, 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 me. Sugar is worse for you than salt. I know. Sugar is, uh, I love sugar. I don't. I'm sweet enough already. This is Alex Sturgeon with the Hobbytown Hobbyplex. As always with me is Will Brinton. And uh, we're here for, uh, what is this, episode 25? Is it really? Of the Hobbyplex show. We're getting up there. It's kind of cool. Road to 50. Yep. As always, uh, this program is brought to you by Pivot Lending Group. You can find them at pivotlending.com. You can give them phone call, emails, whatever. And if you mention our show and you're in the market for a new home loan or a refinance, They'll give you 500 bucks off your uh, closing cost or 0.125 off of your rate, which is awesome. And uh, if you listen to last month's or last week's show, it sounds like they're expanding in a new territory. So really? if you're listening to the show in California, Arizona, Colorado, Nebraska, of course, I think Kansas, I think they're already licensed to do stuff there, but I think they're going to be on the East coast here pretty soon. So wow, you can take advantage of our, of our program, even though, you know, right now you might be out of the out of the loop or whatever. I don't know how that works, but yeah, sounds right. Dude, we actually have some hobby news to talk about, man, before we get going with the, with what, you know, the rest of the stuff at the Plex, I want to talk about some hobby news. I want to talk about a little bit of race results from the TCS this weekend. To be honest with you, I have no idea who won anything or who did anything because I had to work in the store Saturday and Sunday and we were super short staffed. So I didn't get a chance to go downstairs and take any videos. I didn't get a chance to do nothing. It was just nonstop upstairs. You want to see what I did on Saturday? I, you hurt yourself, didn't you? Yeah, like I, I fell on my longboard. I thought that's what that was. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good good road rash. I was going down a big hill and uh, I was hanging 10, maybe even 11, and death wobbled and mm. hit a hit a crack in the concrete and it threw me off. And <laughs> there was like some lady and her kids that said, they said I was bleeding. I was like, Oh, I'm not. I looked at my arms like, yeah, look at your arm. Like, ah, it's just skinned up. Yeah. <laughs> so I got back, I got back up and then I redid the hill and then I rode back to the uh, campsite and drank a beer <laughs> <laughs> and then got back on and started riding some more. Emerson yeah. did that once on his scooter. I think he was like six or I think it was seven. He was hauling down our hill on his scooter missed on his like razor or whatever it was did something wrong. Anyways, he crashed really hard and he scraped up road rash, like half of his body and knocked out his two front teeth about a year or so before they were actually supposed to come out. He had basically no front teeth for probably about a year and a half because his baby teeth weren't coming in yet. He was like that kid from stranger things. Uh, so yeah, so I wanted to talk about a, a little bit of hobby news that's out there. I did, I, I wanted to talk about the TCS race and then I wanted to talk about the 2020, 2021 schedule. I took a little bit of time this weekend and kind of wrote everything down and uh, boy, it's going to be crazy. So hobby news, man, this weekend was the psycho nitro blast and it was the first, the first really, really big race since all the, uh, COVID-19 stuff went down. Yeah. 
wasn't it? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, it's the first one that's really been where you've really seen all the teams come back together to race. I would say so. Yeah. You finally had uh, Thomas Tran be able to do what Thomas Tran does with the, with the team low C racing side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw a bunch of live video. I saw a lot more social media content pertaining to the low C team, Jared and Joe and the techno team were there. They had a lot of good content that was up a lot of live video and stuff. And of course the J concepts crew was there doing that too. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of locals go to that race. You had the Fullers and you had Tom Rinnernecht. You had Nate Sutherland. A lot of our eights go guys. I think Ashton Abdul went there. I believe he did. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how he finished or anything, but I know I have a feeling he was there. Chris Morant went down there. Of course. Um, I mean, it's weird because they race here so much. I kind of consider them somewhat local hobby plexers, but uh, so Seth Van Dalen, of course, was part of that techno team went there. Uh, of course, Jared yeah. Tebow, you know, he's not necessarily local, but he's only three hours away and he comes up to the plex to race. So adopted locals. He's, an, he's kind of an adopted local. Who else was there? James Ham went down there. Did he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to see him again because we were so darn busy in the store this weekend and there was only three of us working. But the results, you know, when they popped up, I saw Tyler Jones. He's been, he's been at the Hobbyplex a lot. TQ'd around a pro buggy, I think the first round. And then, um, so he was in the A. Jared Wiggins, I think he got the bump into the A. So he, he was, again, making A mains. You know, those guys come here a lot. And pro buggy A main saw Jared Tebow take the win from the eighth qualifying spot. And Seth Van Dalen got second from the 10th yeah. qualifying spot. That was really cool. That is really, really cool. The only race I watched was a uh, pro e-buggy. Mm. It was the only race I got to watch. Mason did pretty well in that. Didn't he come back to get like fifth or something? Yeah. Fourth or fifth, something like that. And uh, Dakota Fenn was just gone. He was yeah. like on, he, he was way gone. He even crashed, had a big crash and couldn't get reeled in. Mm-hmm. It was insane. Looking at the results, you know, it is a nitro race. So, you know, a lot of times, especially on these big, bumpy, you know, blown out tracks, a lot of times your qualifying effort seems to not matter that much. Yeah. It's just like, you got to put it in the show and, you know, usually the cars that are good at the be like the beginning of the weekend when the track's still smooth, you know, and you put it in them here runs, those cars don't normally work as well when the track is as bumpy. So it's like you almost just want to have a consistent car that you can drive all the time and you know what it's going to do and you can get it through the bumps fine and, you know, or at least work towards that. So, you know, you start out with, you know, maybe the thicker shock oil package and then you go, you end up on water, you know, yeah. water for shock oil at the end of the weekend when the track's all blown out bumpy. I think uh, a, a race like, like the Psycho Nitro Blast with Seth finishing second, so we know he TQ'd the, the Dirt Nitro Challenge this year. That mm-hmm. was really the last major race that happened before all the shutdowns happened. And so yeah. he, he TQ'd the Dirt Nitro Challenge, but then his main was just horrible. Yeah. The track monster just got him, you know? Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, before the before this main, I had no idea he was even there. Oh, really? I had yeah. no clue. I, I saw a picture of the techno team, but everybody was wearing masks. I thought that that was Seth. He, he, like he was there. They had their five guys there. They had uh, Tebow, Bornhorse, Wiggins, 
some other dude <laughs> and then another guy. And I thought it was, I thought for sure it was Seth Van Dalen, but the colors, I don't know if the color in the picture changed or, or, or if it, he changed his colors a little bit, but I wasn't really sure. And then I kind of caught the tail end of the main on the live, on the live feed on Facebook. And I was like, Oh, freaking hey, Seth is there. That's awesome. But I feel like getting second at a race like this for him is almost like a redemption for the DNC. Right. Because this track, if you look at it, I mean, it was pretty, pretty blown out too. Yeah. And he was able to drive up there. No, it was. There, there's some big holes and there was some big jumps. Yes. Well, that's the that, cycle. That's the psycho nitro blast. That's what it's supposed to be. The one person I was surprised didn't do better in pro buggy was Mayfield. I was just a little surprised. I don't know. I have a feeling like a lot of those guys, you know, somebody like Seth and Jared Wiggins. Yeah. They probably like never, never quit the entire time, you know, but I have, I think that like Arizona was locked down so hard that um, a lot of those guys probably struggled to get track time. I don't know. Yeah. I saw a few, a few posts here and there, but nothing, not too many races other than, I mean, lately you've seen like the, um, the JBRL and the grassroots stuff, the series that they have out there. They got a couple of good tracks that are kind of out in the boonies too. Yeah. And those guys were all hitting those, those, uh, races too. Like I know Cavalieri was at the, um, the JBRL and Spencer was too. Yeah. And I was surprised, uh, Cavalieri didn't do better. He, it looked like he struggled the entire weekend. Yeah. You never know with tracks like that. It just might not fit somebody's driving style too. Yeah. Or even the car, you know, if you have if your cars, you know, set like, a, you know, all it is, is a smooth setup you know, or smooth track car. And yeah. you, know, you try to race it on something like that. And it just is the geometry just isn't going to work for it. You know, yeah. something like that. So in a pro e buggy, Dakota Fenn kind of just, I mean, he had a four second lead over Rivkin at the end, but it didn't look like he was struggling too much with his car. I wonder, I wonder if that's a regular low C X or if that's, if they got, he's got some different parts on it. I don't know. I'm not saying that the, that the, the current car that, is out the, the low C eight X or whatever would, would be able to handle a track like that. But I don't know. makes me wonder sometimes it's hard saying, you know, I mean, I have a feeling those guys are always running new stuff, trying different things that you can't buy. You know? Yeah, that's true. Rivkin finished second. Tyler Jones, uh, finished third with his, uh, he's running a gamma cars now, um, has mm-hmm. been for a little while. And then Seth Van Dalen, there he is again. So, and then Mason Fuller got fifth. So we got two, out of five hobby plexers really in the, in the top five at the, in, in an e-buggy. And then, um, Tebow was in the top 10. He finished eighth in that one. And just yeah. looking down Wiggins made the a again, uh, finished last, but you know, whatever. Made the a, made the a. <laughs> yep. you're lapping everybody that didn't make the a, if you're and last then, in the a, I wanted to, they had a 15 and under junior nitro buggy, a main. And, this one, I got to be honest with you. I was surprised to see Mason Fuller fourth because really? a couple of the kids in front of him. I mean, I kind of recognize the names, but not to the point where you would go, oh, well, of course he'd win, you know, whereas Mason, I don't know. I kind of feel that way about him sometimes like, oh, of course he's in there in the A main. Of course he's top three. You right. Know? Of course he's in, you know, of course he's racing with the pros. Mm-hmm. But how many junior things did they have? Because I could have swore that, uh, Caden Fuller. Oh yeah. Yeah. Here it is. 
So 15 and under junior e-buggy had Caden Fuller with the win and Nate Sutherland finishing second in that yeah. one. That's awesome. That was cool. And then they had... Dude, Tim. Tim's the man. He's like one of my favorite people at the track. Yeah. He's always out there uh, blowing the track off for me without yeah, even asking. Just, I'll just grab, I'll grab the blower, start walking out there and I'll, he'll come running behind me and take it from me. Like I got it. Yeah. You know, yeah, Tim's a good guy, man. I, I love that guy. Yeah. And they're getting those cars uh, of his working really good. Yeah. They just love doing it. You know, like they, they, that's what I like about him. Like they just, Tim just likes doing it. Yeah. You know? And yep. they're getting some results. Yep. That's uh, that's what it's all about, man. And then Truggy, again, Dakota kind of looked like he really stuck it to everybody with Truggy with the, the, the brand new truck. I don't even think it's out yet. Cause I think him, no, they, I think they were calling it a prototype yeah, truck. Uh, Tom Rinderneck and Mason Fuller were running their trucks that are, you know, quote unquote prototype at, uh, at their big track in Des Moines uh, to get practice mm-hmm. for this race. So that was pretty cool. Jared Tebow with a fourth out of that one. Cole Tollard, you know, he finished six. I think he had a rough weekend most of the way around, but um, got a top 10 out of that. So that's cool. He's been to the Plex a few times. And then Mason Fuller finished ninth out of that group. Mm-hmm. Van Dalen was there. He was 14th. So a little, little, little rough one there for him. And Wiggins again, there he is again. It's really neat for me to see what I consider to be the Hobby Plex locals go to these things. You know, I've said that before. We were talking about the Reedy Race and the Dirt Nitro Challenge, you know, pre- in previous uh, shows and stuff. But just to see it consistently now is pretty awesome. Yeah, I would. Especially when you can run with them for a little while. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, that's like my favorite. Like if I'm ahead of them. Yeah, for, that's even, even a lap. Even for a lap. That's like a, that's a victory. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you aren't giving it to them. You aren't giving them the spot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this isn't going to happen. <laughs> Turn in on them and take them out. <laughs> no, I always, I turn in on them usually. Oh man. I'm not giving it to you. Yeah. I can do it in a way that won't wreck us. Tom's like the king of moving you out of the way without wrecking you. Yeah. Tom and I had a pretty good race. Remember that, uh, that club race back in May where him and Alex crashed super early and I got a big lead. Yeah. No, last, I was there because the I was last third. Last lap. Wah, wah. I was glued. I was glued right to him. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. This technically isn't like a, a national show. I like to keep it close to the, to the hobby plex. So that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up just because of all the plexers that went there and did good and finally got a chance to go to a, a big race again, but it's just, I don't know. It was pretty cool. I think uh, Chris Morant did pretty good. And in, in, I think he ran intermediate and I think he finished second in uh, it's either truggy or buggy. So mm. that's, that's really good. Yeah, it is. What's new. Other hobby news, just really quick. Team Associated released an Element 24th scale today. Really? Yes. So is it is it a, a crawler? Is it like the chassis that like the RC10? You know, the it no. just looks like a crawler. No, no, they they already released one of those. It's it's okay. Those are the CR. Um, we've been selling the buttload yeah. of them at the uh, at the store now. The CR 36, I think is what it yeah. is. They're little 36 scale. No, this is an actual 24 scale and it, it's, it's probably going to go head to head with the axial trucks that are out there. Oh, nice. Okay. So they have two bodies they're both truck bodies. And they just have different paint jobs on them. So they're entering that 24 scale realm where right now axial and their three, they got the, the Chevy, the deadbolt and the Jeep, you know, those three were the only ones in that category. So another one added to that one should be pretty good. That's cool. I'll have to check one of those out. You should get one. You're sponsored by Associated. You can get one. 
Well, yeah, that's what I meant by check yeah. one out. I'll probably get one. I need to make a uh, a twenty four scale course for this winter. Our indoor course is uh is one tenth scale. I need to get better at that. Yeah, you can uh, cost off all the woodland scenic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Speaking of that, dude, do you know that one of my better YouTube videos uh, so far is the indoor crawling course video I did back in December. It's got like 16,000 views. Wow. That's almost internet money. It goes up like a couple hundred a day. I've noticed. Huh? Yeah. It's, it's weird. You how just, sharing it. It's weird how just one of those just kind of takes off, you know? Yeah. It's probably just like key points in a search. Like if somebody like looks up like, indoor rock crawling yeah you know something like that in the analytics on youtube you can actually see what people are searching for to find your videos and that is exactly it it's uh indoor rock crawling Mm -hmm. is the number one search Hmm. term that brings up uh, that specific video that's cool yeah so i thought that was pretty neat so there was no off-road racing at the hobbyplex this weekend we kind of had the kind of had the weekend off for for the off-roaders although i didn't because i had to work both saturday and sunday which is fine that's uh much rather have that than not have a job but instead, in its place, we held a TCS regional, Tamaya Championship Series regional. And I just read a post from Tamaya today saying how the Nationals is canceled and the Worlds in, in Japan are canceled. And really? I think, yeah, I think everybody kind of knew that going in, that there wasn't going to be a Nationals this year, so there wasn't going to be a real ticket to Japan. Because basically, no. at the Nationals, if you win a couple, some of these uh, uh, ticket to Japan classes they will pay for everything except I, th- I think food. I think they pay for your really? flight. They pay for your hotel. They pay for your uh, transportation, whatever that may be. They don't pay for food. Yeah, but they don't pay for food. What a jip. <laughs> <laughs> when I went to China, I also had to pay for my own food. And uh, once I found the KFC, it was, it was fine after that. So Dude, I, I'd be eating all kinds of weird stuff. I'd love it. That'd be great. When I was over in China, in Beijing, I could not find too much weird stuff. The only thing they had near the track at all was a noodle shop. And the noodles were fantastic. That's what, that's what I'd be eating. I'd be eating that. Dude, it was like, so I added, I did the math. It was like a dollar twenty of US money for this giant bowl of noodles and then you would go and you pick out your sauce and there's little chunks of like pork and stuff in it and you put that in there Mm -hmm. oh my gosh dude yeah i could eat in that the whole time one of my favorite things when we go to the store or like where my wife and i are out i'll stop at like a asian market or we'll be walking in a and you know a grocery store and they'll have like the ramen that you that has like no uh english writing on it Mm. And I'll get those. Mm-hmm. Like I, I try to find like a new one every time. Mm. Like it's real ramen. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, yeah. it's still probably Americanized, but I just have fun like trying to find new ones. <laughs> so, not to, it's a, it's a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> not to get, uh, not to get, I don't want to like bring politics or anything into, into our show, but I was, uh, Too late. <laughs> I was on Facebook this morning. Full disclosure. I was also, um, Fully Naked. nude on on the can <laughs> at the time. It doesn't if you're if you're if you're sitting and pooping and you're completely naked, you're just like, what have I done with my life? Like, <laughs> anyway, pre shower though, the worst is post shower poos. Yeah, you just go back to bed and start over. Yeah, start over. <laughs> Anyways, so I was reading. A, so a thing came up, and there was a dude 
in this video and it was um, Chris Como on CNN going, he said something like, uh, where does it say that protesters have to be peaceful? And then there's a guy like eating raw ramen noodles, like <laughs> crunching on him. And then he goes, it's right here in the constitution. And he reads off the sentence where it says that they may peacefully assemble. And then he goes back to <laughs> eating raw ramen noodles. I thought it was pretty funny. Huh. Did he put the seasoning on it? No, just raw ramen noodles, which is weird because I've also seen videos where they've taken ramen noodles and like patched up drywall, patched up like holes in cars with it as well. <laughs> I can't imagine that being very good for you. That's one thing I've never done is eaten ramen raw. I'm going to go try it tonight. We got, we got ramen at home couple. That's my go-to snack. My midnight snack is to, is to make ramen noodles. Yeah. Cause they're cheap. So I just, I just love cents. salt. Salt's like my favorite yeah, food. They're so filled with sodium. <laughs> Gretchen's always like, Oh my God, you're so filled with sodium. You're going to have your heart attack. You're going to explode and swell up like a me, 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 me. Sugar is worse for you than salt. I know sugar is uh, I love sugar. I don't. I'm sweet enough already. Okay, so we had the Tamaya Championship Series regional. So they're going to try to have more of these regionals where they can, right? And mm-hmm. we're kind of lucky in Nebraska. We haven't had any major spikes. You know, we've we've kind of waded through this thing without too much catastrophe. And so, um, so we're actually able to hold this race. Even in March when this race is held, it doesn't get a phenomenal huge amount of entries, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, I think the most we've ever had is maybe 60 something entries for, for this, for a regional Yeah, nationals. I was surprised last year. Didn't even have that many. I thought there'd be a lot and it really, I don't even think they cracked a hundred to be honest with you. Huh. If remember if I remember yeah. right, which is weird because if, if, if Tamaya's paying for a couple classes to go to Japan, if you win one of those, you get a free trip to Japan. It's literally free trip to Japan. Why would you not want to go or, or partake in that? I've, uh, it's something that I've always made me wonder about that whole thing. And they don't do it like, oh, we didn't get the car count for yeah. the race. Nope. They don't do it. There could be three people there yeah. and somebody's getting a trip to Japan. And hey, the, the entry fee is free. There is no entry fee for the Tamaya right. Championship Series. The, the only rules are you got to follow the TCS rules. You ha- obviously have to run into my car. Can't really run. I don't think you can run any other hop-ups other than Tamaya products. But dude, the stuff that you get, not only do you get this like little metal, if you get the top three or whatever it is. I still have mine somewhere. Yeah, but they like give you product. Like last yeah. year, they, everybody got a TTO2 like Mustang kit in, yeah. the, in the Prospect class. Mm-hmm. And then I think in the GT1 class, like you got a legit like, like 417 or 419 car, whatever that was. I mean, that's like a $500 car. In GT2 one year, which was actually... It was, uh, and I wanted to run my car in uh, GT1, mm. but I wasn't allowed to because you had to have a 13.5 motor. Mm-hmm. So that year it was silver can was GT3, GT2 was 17.5, and GT1 was uh, 13.5. And I was running like two laps faster than GT1. Both uh, Kevin... Lissac. No, not Lissac. The guy... Uh, I thought he was Korean and he was here for school. He's going to Iowa. Oh, and Kevin uh, Ke- uh, Kang. Yeah, Kevin Kang. He won. I got second. Uh, we were running like two laps ahead of GT1 and GT2. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to run my car in GT1 uh, and I couldn't do it because you had to have a 13.5 motor in your car. Yeah. 
Which it makes sense. I mean, that, that's the rules. That's the rules. You know. But anyway, I got second to Kevin, and I won. I got the sweet medal, which is still in the case. And then I got a body, set of tires, and one other thing. Just for finishing second, mm-hmm. and it didn't cost anything to race. And the tires, I built a kit for that. I built a car for that race, and I ran the tires that came in the kit. It was perfect. It was like, what more could you ask for? Yeah. I TQ'd F1 one year when it was still on foam. Mm-hmm. And then I blew out in the main. I think I finished I like figure. fourth or something like that. Yeah, it's pretty pretty standard for the course for me. There was only one A main? Uh, no, there was three. Oh. But my car, my car got progressively slower as the traction came up. I remember being pretty dumbfounded by how that could happen. Yeah. I remember F1 when it was still on foam. There's some guy running these little tiny batteries in his uh, F1 car. Mm. It it was really cool, but it, it was like there were some like Duratrex hard cased 2000 milliamp batteries fit mm. all the rules. Yeah. And it was like, well, you couldn't get one. You right. Know? <laughs> the winner is. So um, just to go over the results uh, really fast. We'll start with Mini, so TCS Mini. I used to rock this class back in the MO3 days. I loved Mini. Was the MO3 rear motor or front no, front wheel drive, or man. Front wheel drive or yeah, rear wheel drive? Front wheel. So the rear, the rear, rear wheel cars have always been faster, but the front mm-hmm. wheel drive cars have always handled better. But uh, I, hope I hope I get his name right because I never really get a chance to talk to him too much. But uh, Vu Vang, who I'm pretty sure came from California, Really? To, to run in this race. Cause I think it was his only chance to run the Tamiya series this year. He took the win. Ken McKinney got second. Mike Wenzel got third. Dennis Redden fourth. Tony Cook fifth. Jim Starr sixth. And Jim Hungate got seventh. And so nice. I think they only had seven cars and, uh, pretty much everybody was local except for Vu and, uh, and Mike. So you're a tr- Euro truck. So here's the thing about this race and why we like to have it is we know it's a free entry. So we're not going to make anything off of entry fees or anything like that. However, usually before this race comes up for about the month leading up to it, everybody's coming in buying stuff, buying kits, either TTO twos, TTR ones. In this case, the Euro trucks locally we've had. uh, So Tim last year did a Wednesday night truck series. So like one, one Wednesday a month was an ETRL thing. Which, by the way, I did a video on, and it's got like over a thousand views, so it's one of the other better ones. <laughs> um, but these, the trucks, you can't do anything to them. Like, like you can uh, you can put bearings in them and glue the sidewalls of the tires, and that's it. You're not allowed to do anything else. So these things, they tend to roll over really easy if they're if there's a lot of grip and stuff. They're a fun class for sure, but they they also are a handful sometimes, and it's fun to see everybody whack each other. Yeah, it's like a stock slash. Yeah, and they're cheap. It's you know. like 130 bucks for the kit, supply your own radio and battery. And I think we really? I, yeah, and I think we make you run these uh $30 peak lipo batteries. Hmm. If I remember right. Anyways, this was a complete 100% local class. So Tim Ski took the win. Kenny got second again. Aiden Olson, who I think borrowed somebody, I think he borrowed Tom Quinnensley's truck or something like that, finished third. Dennis Raiden fourth, Mitchell Pavel, the missile, got fifth, Tony Cook sixth, and Nate uh, Anderson got seventh. Nice. All local guys, including your, uh, your Hobbyplex general manager, took the win in that one. Uh, so, Pro Spec, 
this one was again a complete um local field and it's funny because there was a lot of smack talking going on with several of these drivers uh before this race and prospect yeah. what it is is tto2 it's one of tamaya's most simplest uh touring cars and you can't really change much here either you can there's there's some uh I think all the Tamiya hop-ups were allowed so that you can, um, what were they coming up and buying? They were doing, um, you can do shocks, you can change your front arm so they're adjustable. You can put CVDs in them or CVRs, whatever, CVAs, whatever you want to call them. You can put aluminum stuff on them to stop you from breaking too much if you want to. So this one, you can, there's a little bit more you can do. They're not near as fast as a regular touring car. How about Trevor Zelazny taking the win in this one? That's your Friday night race director. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Dustin Gokenauer got second. Nate Anderson got third. <laughs> Aiden Olson got fourth. On road must not be his thing. <laughs> yeah. I always felt like I was a better on road driver than I was off road, but I was always a better, faster on road class driver. Yeah. I, dude, I, I love racing USGT. Mod touring car or like, was it 19 turn? Yeah. I was always good oh, at yeah. that. Mason Ebner and Mark Ebner finished fifth and sixth. So again, this is a completely 100% local class pro spec in the past. We've had pro spec and then we've had like a novice spec type thing where they, I think in this one, you can run the brushless 21, five motor, but in the, in the novice one, you're running the canned motor or whatever, just so it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, formula one, um, the, uh, the ringers from out of town, uh, took this one. So Hector Martinez, finished first, uh, Vu Vang finished second, Jim Humgate third, Mason fourth. And it looks like Tim Ski didn't even run his F1 car must've been angry at him. I liked racing F1 when they were on foam tires. I had one for like a week and then I quit racing carpet. When they went to, uh, when they went to rubber, not so much, maybe, maybe I should try it again. Cause the rubber tires now on black carpet, especially look like they're hooked up more. But when they went to rubber tires, I kind of lost interest cause it made those things squirrely and they're so long and skinny. Right. Well, they just, they don't look smooth. Yeah. Like you, they're bouncing everywhere. They don't look like a scale F1 car. Yeah. To me, they, they just don't look right. In my opinion, you shouldn't be allowed to run F1 unless you have a rain light in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Science. Science. So GT2. So GT2, if I remember right, is the upper echelon of the Tamiya tub cars. So we're talking like TA 07s, 07 mm-hmm. Rs. I think they even have a new RR or something like that. I think, I think if you still got one, I think TA 05s, 6s, just anything with the tub chassis. And these can generally go pretty fast because I believe they're running 21.5 motors. There's basically just like USGT in this one, except with Tamiya cars. Mm-hmm. So the Weirs came. Uh, they always come to this race uh, when it's held here. Nathan Weir and David Weir finished first and second. And I think their father or son and father, I think is what it is. Dustin Gokenauer finished third. Uh, Jimmy Stegan fourth. Mitchell Pavel fifth. And Mike Wenzel finished sixth. So two locals, Dustin and Mitchell. And everybody else is from out of town. And then if we move on to GT1, and what GT1 is are the expensive Tamiya cars. So these are like the the TRF 2019s and twenties, um, the carbon fiber cars, basically what you would find more like, you know, comparable to like an X-ray, you know, Schumacher, right. Infinity, whatever you want to call it. So, so there's, they're on the 419 right now. They're on the 420 right now. 
<laughs> yeah. Actually, last year I was like, hey, are you guys really going to call your car the 420? And they're like, yeah, why not? I'm like, oh, okay. Just making sure. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> are you going to paint it green? Like, <laughs> yeah. Does it come with the number 69 in the box? Oh, geez. <laughs> That'd be sweet. So Vu Vang took the win in this one. David Weir finished second, Nathan third, and then Jimmy Stegan and Hector Martinez. So in GT1, no locals. Everybody from out of town raced GT1. Huh. That's all right. And I believe GT1 is one of the classes that's always with the ticket to Japan. So if it mattered this year, you'd probably see these guys back at nationals. Who won the theoretical trip, trip to Japan? Well, nobody did because it's not a national. Oh, so okay. the, the way that Sorry. TCS works. Oh, I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, but you remember right. the way that TCS works is that if you run a regional, then you're allowed to run at the national regardless of where you right. finished. But you had to run at a regional to run at a national. You know, they're trying to do some sort of rules or whatever. So, um, so there it is. That was the TCS race. We had about, uh, let's look at down at the bottom. We had 47 entries, 22 total drivers. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a door buster, but this race never really is. It usually, you know, 60 something. So considering everything we've gone through this year and it's a reschedule, you know, it's supposed to be in March. Well, here it is in July. You don't normally race carpet in the middle of July. You know, I was, I was surprised to see, uh, Tamiya, um, continue making like a top tier touring car since they don't have like a factory race team anymore. Yeah. You but know, I, I think they use this series though, to kind of market that. That's why they that like to have GT one, you know? Yeah. Cause if you look, I I've, I've gone on YouTube and I've looked at the, the, uh, Tamiya videos from the worlds last year. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people there and a lot, a lot, a lot of cars, you know, in all classes. Right. So I don't know, even though they don't have a Reinhardt or anybody like that, or even a team at all. Right. I think they still use it to kind of make this TCS series work. I remember the Tamiya championship series being around since the early nineties. Yeah. No, it's been around for a long time. A one. Wasn't mm -hmm. that their first like touring car that had that red, the white or not white, but it was like a black and red chassis. And they've used that chassis for several things. Like, didn't they have a couple trucks? They yeah. The they had chassis. that uh short course truck. Remember yeah. that yep. with the drive shaft that went on, like it was on the right side above the chassis or something. Yep. Really weird. And uh Nolan was or Nolan Walk when he worked at the home office or even at the store. I miss Nolan. He wanted to do uh that is a spec class. Yeah. And you buy the car and you get a battery and everything and you race that on the outdoor or off-road track. And I was like, and you know, thinking about it when short course is big, I was like, Nolan is like way ahead of his time. <laughs> you know, like when this slash came out. It was awesome. like, cause that would have been what, like 2001, I yeah. think something like that around that time. Yeah. That's, um, on the carpet, on the indoor carpet. No, the Lincoln off-road oh, track. Oh, the off-road track. Oh, yeah. geez. Yeah. I vaguely, I vaguely remember somebody bringing one or two of those little to my four wheel drive trucks based off the touring car series and running them on the off-road. Yeah. I remember that. I kind of remember that weird. Mm-hmm. That was like a repressed memory. Yeah. Alex's repressed memories. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of those from late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Most of them have to do with RC cars too. Not, not anything uh, other than that. We've had two or three people watching our YouTube stream. I finally, uh, my sister allowed me to take her phone and kind of look at it. 
Uh, Mister's back on here. He's from, I believe, Quebec. Uh, he, Ooh, said, he said, hey, sup, boys. And Nothing, dude. Rude Dudes RC Adventures says, hello, how is everyone tonight? And uh, I think we're doing okay. I'm fine. Try to fill up an hour and so of, t- of something. <laughs> Who, who's our other watcher? I don't know. doesn't really say. Oh, all right. Oh, my, I think it's my sister, actually. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that is funny. But like I said in the past, like the Monday night shows usually get up over 100 views by the end of the week. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, maybe a good time to uh, take a moment and uh, listen to our sponsor. Um, I know he came in and put some, uh, some fresh some fresh content down to listen to. And I, I heard it last week. So, um, uh, from pivotlending.com, David Olson, Aiden Olson's dad and Don Zoller. And now a word from our sponsors. Yeah. This is a pivot lending update with David Olson and Don Zoller. Get some. This is Don Zoller with pivot lending as a Marine Corps veteran, I have a special place in my heart to help other veterans realize their dreams of becoming homeowners and also getting themselves into better positions financially by refinancing their home. I am also a certified VA specialist. I've taken um, some specialized training. I've been doing VA loans for 17 years. So I've seen a little bit of everything and know how to get around different obstacles when it comes to the VA loans. Rates are amazing right now on VAs on 30 year and on 15 year, you are looking in the twos. So they're running about 2.625, 2.75 on a VA loan right now. And in 17 years, I've never seen them this low. If you're interested in getting qualified for a VA loan, or you want to look at refinancing your current VA loan or refinancing your current loan into a VA loan, if you're a veteran, give me a call 402 715-9082. David Olson, NMLS 16099. Don Zoller, NMLS Hey, pass me a kickstart. I really do need to track down uh, PepsiCo and see if we can get ourselves a kickstart sponsorship. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah. I just, all I would need is like, like a month's supply of, uh, of kickstart. And I would, I would like, we'd have like a kickstart logo on here. It'd be awesome. I wonder if their, if their sales have increased regionally after we started doing the show. <laughs> That would be, that'd be neat. Like what the heck is going on? Let me tell you something. (laughs) I've had many experiences with local convenience stores, uh, running out of orange kickstart. So they just need to, they need to bring more in. Obviously the other flavors do not sell near as well. So most places should at least have two rows of kickstart. The Casey's down the street only has one row of kickstarts. So occasionally I'll go down there and they will be, they'll be out. And I'll have wasted my time going to the Casey's. And so then I got to haul myself down to the BP uh, on the other side of the interstate from the Hobbyplex because they always have it in stock. They have like three rows of it and it's always full for some reason, um, which is good. So I started thinking that I should just go straight there. The problem is, is that I have these Casey's points 
that I like to build up because I can use them to get free kickstarts down the road. So I don't know. I'm torn sometimes, but, uh, I definitely do not go to the, uh, come and go at 132nd and uh, Fort. I've actually boycotted that store for the last, uh, two and a half years now because I, they were always out. They were always out of kickstart and I finally brought it. I brought it to the attention of, of the manager there once and she was cool about it. She's like, all right, I'll have my vendor bring in more. And for a while it was fine. And then apparently they had some new guy that was shorting them orange kickstart again. And I noticed it, you know, a couple of times I'd get there in the morning. I, I kind of time out, you know, how I'm supposed to get to work or whatever. I'd get there in the morning. They'd be out. So one time I'm like, Hey man, like this is like the fourth day in a row that you guys have been out of this product. And the girl behind the counter was just like me little shrug of the shoulders and just went me. And I'm like, do you think you can maybe talk to your vendor and get in? She's like, me, we have no control over that. I'm like, okay, well your manager last time said something and you guys worked it out and then it was fine. And then she just went me again. And I was like, all right, clearly you don't care. So I guess I won't be going back to here ever again. And there was more to that story, but I don't want to like, I feel like when I tell that story in a way I could be, I could be the a-hole in that story, probably. but I, but I don't feel You're definitely the whiner. You don't I, have my drink. I, How am I exactly. supposed to go like, on with my life without my drink? Right. It's first world <laughs> problems. I get that. It's, it's, it's me complaining <laughs> that they don't have it in stock, but at the same time, like your store and you're supposed to carry this stuff and you know, but there, it wasn't just that, like this, this, that place at that time, maybe it's better now. I don't know. I'm never going to go in there again. So it doesn't matter. But uh, they were always out of water. Like Emerson and I would go in there and they'd be out of water. Hmm. Like the shelves would be empty of water. And the same me girl uh, was in charge of the kitchen. And every time that I would go in there, she would have nothing available. No pizza, no nothing. And they're supposed to have pizza on that little twirly thing. And yeah. I used to think that come and go pizza was okay. And so I'd, I'd always want it. And then they never have it. And one time I, I was like, Hey man, where's the pizza at? And she goes from way in back. She's like, I'm going to get ready yeah! and yelled at me. And I was like, Whoa, okay. I'm just going to get a donut and I'm going to leave. And this is the same person that, uh, shrugged her shoulders at me and just do your job. That's all I want. Just, you have, yeah. you have a job. Just, just do it. Like what's the big deal? Anyways small rant there. I don't do those very often, but, uh, that was my, that was my convenience store rant. Hey, I'm chewing, I'm chewing Mentos gum. You are. Mentos, the fresh maker. <laughs> do you remember, uh, uh, the, the, well, of course you remember, but, uh, you know, the Foo Fighters stopped playing that song at concerts cause they got tired of having Mentos thrown at them. Oh, really? Yeah. No. I yeah, really Dave, like the Foo Fighters. David Grohl said that uh, once in an interview that they got so sick. David and Grohl. Right? That's right. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. <laughs> well, whatever. Um, <laughs> that uh, uh, he got, I read an interview once where he got so tired of having that stuff thrown at him during the concert. They stopped playing that song. Oh, that's funny. Because the the video, back when they actually played videos on MTV. I want to talk about scheduling. So we know that this year has been kind of crazy and we've basically just been making do with what we have. Yeah. I had this grand thing laid out for this, this summer that was supposed to have us have a summer series race and then a crawling event the Saturday after each summer series. 
Then I was mm-hmm. going to have a club race. And then I was going to do this thing called the pro 20 challenge. Yeah. And then I, then it would be summer series race. So we had these like things that I was going to fill in on Saturdays. Cause typically Saturdays slow down. Right. Right. Well, this year we've been getting strong club racing because, mm-hmm. because the shutdown kind of, you know, three months lost, everybody's just been happy to get out there. It seems like and get to the track. So, um, so all that kind of went to the wayside and we've just been, just been making our open Saturdays and Fridays, you know, back to club racing, which has been good. It's been really good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I anticipate next year to be a little different unless this thing keeps dragging on and on and on and on and on. But I've been really struggling with when we start carpet off-road again. Yeah. So would you, cause here's the thing. We have an unidentified big race, 10 scale off-road race. Still unidentified. Yeah. Unidentified. That's going to happen February 4th through the 7th. And we don't okay. normally have a 10 scale race in the wintertime. It's usually the last couple of years I've, I've made a real effort to kind of uh, massage the track to more of an eight scale style track throughout the winter time and then put it back to 10 scale, you know, for the cycle of racing that we've had, that's been successful for us. Mm-hmm. However, if I'm going to get offered a big race, that's going to probably not, you never know, but like guaranteed to sell us out and fill yeah. up every pit spot. I'm not mm-hmm. going to turn it down. Right. You know, so I want to have, so we're not, I don't want to have it, be by itself and then have, you know, have our normal carpet racing season, you know, which, which I've tried to have go from like December through March. Cause we need some track time. Right. Yeah. No, that, that was my biggest deal. I was even to the point where I was like, well, should we even run carpet? Yeah. I, I was kind of thinking that too, but I do know it's so tough because we have a group of racers that like to do both. I can, I can name a couple that mm-hmm. have already said they're, they're looking forward to carpet racing. Yeah. Not that they dislike dirt, but just that, yeah. that they're, that they're looking forward to getting back on that when that, you know, when the, when the summer is over with. Yeah. And my, my, my thing is whatever is, whatever is going to get the most people, you know? Right. I think that if we did race all, you know, race dirt all winter and didn't change the carpet, we would have a lot of people coming to prepare for the race. Yeah. A lot. I I think that we would. And then, um, I know that for a fact we would. Yeah. And then you'd have, uh, you know, it's almost like who, who do you upset more? What's the bigger group that's going to get benefited by racing carpet or not racing carpet, you know? And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, like I said, I don't really care what we race, but I, I think that, uh, us getting this bigger event, it's like, kind of need, I don't know. It's like, we need to make it a big priority and the, the carpet, you know, has always been, I don't want to say it's secondary cause it's really not, but it's always just been kind of like a, like this is what we're doing. Um, cause the tracks more, the dirt tracks more eight scale oriented right now. Yeah. You know, and it was just a lot easier cause you didn't have to deal with the drips. You didn't have to, uh, work on the track, you know, in the dirt and in the cold as much, but it's still just as much work for you. Yeah. The drip thing, I think I've got figured out. I hung, right. No, I, I, I think so too. I but. hung those, I hung those initial batch of, uh, of things and they, that actually worked. Right. So I'm, I'm happy with that. I got to finish them off. There's a couple that more that I got to do to make the dirt a little better too. Mm-hmm. 
got to put yeah. some more over there, but, uh, yeah, there's just one or two spots that are still there's, it's just so high up there and I'm so afraid of heights. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that, uh, um, if we do race carpet or, I mean, it sounds like we're going to, and if they have the event, um, cause when did I go last year? It was like October. I went to Thunder Road. Yeah. I just went up, up there by myself for that J Concepts uh, yeah. carpet series. Yeah. I mean, that, that's always a good one. Um, we should go to that. Yeah. If we're going to race carpet. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to Beach RC in October. I can't afford to go anywhere else. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Hmm. All right. So here's what I'm thinking. So, so the TCS race, I pretty much have it confirmed that it's going to be in March again. So the carpet crash in will be in February, just like it was this year. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm going to put the carpet crash in on the 27th. That's usually the uh, dirt nitro challenge date. Mm -hmm. So I know, you know, there's nobody to piss off there. Like the, none of the nitro guys would be butthurt if we didn't race, you know, that weekend or whatever. So, and so then the TCS race would take up a week in, um, March and then the techno series is going to be probably November 14th because November 7th is the reschedule of the AMS. And I know that that's a big deal. So a lot of our guys are going to go to that. So I think AMS, uh, Alabama manufacturer shootout. Ah, that's right. Okay. I had it marked on November 7th. Well, I think I'm going to move it to the 14th. So it'll be November 14th, December 5th. And then I'm thinking January 9th. And the reason why I, I had it at first January 2nd, but that's the day after new year's. And that means that practice would be on January 1st, which is, yeah. is a holiday. So it's, uh, it's going to have to be January 9th. And then I think February 20th, even though it's kind of close to the dirt nitro challenge. And I always try to keep it away from that, but because normally the February round of the techno series would be where we're having this big 10 scale race. Right. So, and the week before that is, is uh Valentine's day. Yeah. So can't do that. I learned my lesson a long time ago on that one. And then I have the mm -hmm. finals being March 6th, March 6th. Okay. So if you look at the actual winter dates, if you take away Jan, don't even think of January right now, the only carpet race dates would be the 13th of February, March 13th and March 20th, three, hmm. three race dates before April yeah. comes around. And we like to go back to dirt so we can prepare for the, the spring champs. Yeah. So I had basically the entire month of January set aside for dirt racing. And I hope this makes sense to people because I've got January 16th, 23rd and 30th mm -hmm. as 10 scale dirt Saturdays to get ready for that. And I'll probably do what I did before this, uh, spring champ rate or before the, uh, the series, when we got back to racing, how I kind of built the track a week ahead. Yeah. So I'll probably, I'll probably build the track on the 23rd after the okay. 23rd. And then that way, if, if something stupid happens or if, uh, if the, if the layout sucks, I still have a week to fix it. Yeah. You know? So that leaves us for carpet off-road. So our final summer series race is the third, October 3rd. So that leaves mm -hmm. us these dates, October 10th, 17th, 24th, November 7th, 21st, 28th, December 12th. And the finals or the last race would be January 2nd. And that gives us eight race dates for the carpet off-road syndicate. If we want to sure. jump right into it. 
Cause normally, yeah. normally we don't normally we, there's about a, basically the month of October and November is kind of left to dirt racing in the fall. Yeah. But I don't think this year, I don't think we can do that. So no. is that enough time? Cause, and is there going to, the, I'm looking at the racing groups, the local guys, I'm not worried about they'll, they transition the way that they do it. Right. But you mm-hmm. don't really, you've never, I, like we really haven't had the fullers and the rennecks and those guys come over for the carpet racing in anyways. Yeah. So the fact that, that we would start carpet racing basically a week after our summer series, that's what I'm worried about. Is that something to worry about? Or do, do we just say, this is the way it is going to be this year, probably for the next couple of years, at least. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. There's just a lot going on, you know? Yeah. I, I don't have the answer. This is what I do when, um, when I do this, I'm, uh, um, when I'm trying to figure out our schedule, I, I write everything down on a, on an old school piece of paper and I just sit there and I stare at it like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think what's best for our racers and what's best for the hobby plex. So, right. That's kind of what's going through my head. I kind of, the, the, the techno series dates that I kind of already, I'm, I'm pretty sure that those are going to be good. The carpet crash in, I think is going to be fine. I even wrote down the Hobbyplex spring champs for next year. So it's April 22nd through the 25th. Luckily Easter is like April 4th. So we're, we don't have to worry about moving that race for Easter. And then the summer series next year is going to go right, is going to kind of go back to normal. So I've got May 15th, June 5th, July 10th, July 31st, August 28th and September 18th. So they'll be kind of spread out again, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of what I got. I, I it's weird because the the in the the February and March racing is just going to be club races. There's not really going to be any stakes, right? You know, that's just a little uh little heads up on kind of what we're thinking about and what we're getting to. I just wanted to to cover that because I I when I wrote everything down and I actually saw the limited amount of weekends there's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, as always. I'm like, holy crap! Like this is going to go by really fast. You want to do some word association? Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to start low voltage detection. Live fire. <laughs> <laughs> what, ha- what happened? I mean, what happened? <laughs> no, we had a lot of battery, uh, a lot of battery issues this weekend. Most of them were, mm. uh, a lot. Here's a big no, no people. Uh, don't leave your batteries plugged into your car. Yeah. That's the, that's the number one most common thing that happens. And, and I feel bad for people because obviously we're not going to warranty your battery if you left your batteries plugged in. Yeah. You know, right. There's nothing to warranty. Mm-hmm. All right, you go. Give me one. Spring. Spring. Yeah. Uh, uh, water. Hmm. Spring water. <laughs> that's what came to my head. Yeah. <laughs> Took you a minute. You're supposed to just like think or not even think. It was hard. I was trying to think of something clever, but all that was running through my head was spring water. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I don't know. Oh, I know why. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. Okay. I'm going to give you one more, one more. You ready? Okay. Uh, I'm going to see if this works. Um, uh, what did we have come in the other day? Uh, oh, oh, uh, radio shack. (laughs) X mod. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we're a, a Radio Shack Express store. We have uh, a hobby related Radio Shack stuff, but the number one, we should actually, 
we should, ha- we should just get these things in. We get calls constantly for the old weather radios that you wear on your head. What? Yeah. There's a whole bunch of people that have these weather radios and they want them badly. And when Radio Shack went away, their source for weather radios went away. What's a weather radio? Weather radio. It's like, um, what is a weather radio? It's like when you, it, it's, it, it, uh, it's giving you like the current conditions or when there's a, like a storm, it'll, it'll, it'll update you constantly on, on what's happening. And you wear it? I think so. Yeah. Mm. Or it's like an AM FM radio. Maybe that's what it is. There's two oh. of them. There's a weather radio and then there's like a headphone, uh, AM FM radio that you see like, um, uh, uh, retired people walking around with when they're doing their, uh, uh, mall walks. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. When I, when I worked at that hobby town, uh, when Dan put that hobby town in the mall, uh, it might've been a couple of Christmases ago now, man, there's a lot, a lot of people just walked around in the mall. They just put in laps at the mall. Yeah. I never, never realized how much of a thing that was. I haven't been to the mall in a while. I honestly don't know anybody that goes to the mall. I like going to the mall. I just, I just haven't, I haven't had any reason to lately. Like I feel old when I go to the mall. Yeah, I know it's bad. I, so one thing about wearing sunglasses is, uh, people can't see my eyes so I can, I can stare at whatever I want to. So that I usually have my, my sunglasses on whenever I go to any sort of public space, unless it's dark out, of course, then you can't do that. Mm-hmm. But I realized, I realized a little while ago, I had, a, I had this realization and it, I turned 40 two years ago now. So I'm 40, well, two and a half, I'm 41, one and a half. And, uh, I really shouldn't comment on young people's pictures or Facebook pages. Yeah. So I have a niece and she, she took a picture of herself in a, in a bikini and I, I was riding in the car with Gretchen and I, and I wrote, <laughs> I was about to write, I would like and comment this picture, except that I think that that would be very creepy. And I gave it to Gretchen. And I said, Hey, isn't this funny? And she's like, absolutely not. Do not post that. Don't ever post that. <laughs> uh, Gret- or, uh, uh, Margie timestamp that to edit that out. <laughs> Don't edit that out. It's funny. Um, oh, okay. I guess it is. Yeah, it is funny. It's on YouTube now, so it's locked in. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Do you have one? We got a couple questions. You want to get to them before we wrap we this thing did? up? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, there's one on here on YouTube. By the way, Oh Canada RC, we're getting a lot of Canada guys. Uh, says, mm, "Hey guys, I love Canada." Yeah, hey guys, everybody's so nice in Canada. Yeah, I, I wish I was Canadian. Dude, anyway, did you see the ahead. video of uh, Tessman? He's been at a couple different tracks up there. They've got some cool looking tracks, dude. Oh yeah, it's Canada. It's Canada. Uh, I hope I don't kill his last name, Peter Renaud, or Renaud. Um, he's building a B74 sanding the edges while listening. So it must be sanding the edges of the carbon fiber. Hmm. Uh, I bought a 13.5 motor and a center diff. No idea where to start with pinions and spur choices for different types of surfaces. And he says he's new. Hmm. What am I running? I've got a B70. Or I don't have a B74. I've got the, the low C car and I'm running 24, yeah. uh, 70, 78 for right. my opinion and spur. And I had it geared like 26 and I was slow. I geared it down way faster. Yeah. Right. No, I, I was going to say 23 or 24. Yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's about what right. you guys run. So the, does the B74, do they give you the two spur gear options like the two-wheel drive cars? 
They do. I would run the larger uh, spur gear and then um, tune it with that and get it close at that. Personally, is that more? Are are you just trying to gain the torque from the motor then by leaving the taller spur gear in there? I, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I. That's just what I've always done with like spec racing. It just it changes the power band of the motor. So uh, that way you're not lugging it as hard because, I mean, a lot of people think that you really have to work the motor in a one of these stock classes to get the speed out of it. And now these newer motors, it's like that's not really the case. It's like the, you always have to get them into the power band before they start making power. Would it be safe to say also to remember to check your motor and make sure that you have your timing turned up? I, I would say so. What motor is uh, he running? Did you say? Uh, didn't say. Just said 13.5 okay. motor. But like, uh, I've got my Sonic 13.5 cranked all the way up to like 50. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's the way to go or not, but it hasn't overheated. So. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, obviously I race modified. I don't race stock. Well, there's some, there's some spec motors, Macklin, for instance, McLan or whatever, (laughs) their motors are set at zero. So you have to, you have to do it yourself. And, and there's been a couple new motors. I think I bought my, uh, seven Oh originally and put in my car and I'm driving. I'm like, why is this thing so slow? This is a seven. Oh, this thing should be way faster. And then I looked at him like, Oh, the timing's at zero. So I turned yeah. the timing up on the mod, you know, like 30 mm-hmm. and then it was faster. I always run 20. I was yeah. in 20 degrees. 20 and 30, I, think, I think it's safe for a mod motor. I know with my 22 X four and I am running 13, five, I'm pretty sure I put this stocks burger, which is 78 and 24 is where I'm at right now. Opinion wise. And my car's pretty mm-hmm. good. Okay. So I think somewhere in there, it would probably be the same on a B74, don't you think? Because you can put this B74 diff in center diff, yeah. Center diff in the car. Maybe the maybe the ring and pinion gears are geared differently, but it could be. I I don't really know the low C car very well, but honestly, you know, I I I don't race the 13.5 class, so I'm not really in the loop a whole lot with that car. But if I had to guess, I know where I would start, and it'd be like 23. Probably 45 degrees and bell timing mm. and uh, the bigger spur gear. I think it's a 78. Yeah. Uh, so Gangler actually asked two last week and I just kind of skipped over one of them. Uh, yeah. He asked, can we use the rest of the dirt oval for a 24 second lap layout? And my answer to that is probably one of these races, not next week, but uh, or two weeks from now, but it may be for round four. There might be some changes relating to using the entire track. Yeah, I I like having this. Not the it's not small. Like even though it's it's we're not using the whole track or yeah. the whole building. It's still a big track. It's not a it's not a small track. The, the track the track that we're running on right now is the same size that Leisure Hours used to be. Right. It's one twenty by seventy or whatever it is seventy five. I like the sm- like the the smaller track mm-hmm. because you get more reps, you get more like practice, or you get more laps to try to stay more consistent. Maybe it, it isn't a big deal or maybe I'm looking into it too much, but that was always my opinion on that is I always like the, the, the shorter track that we have because you get more laps yeah. in a, in a race. The other reason why that I, I try not to use the oval for our 10 scale series racing is that it's easier to corner marshal the smaller track. Mm-hmm. So, right. You know, our club races, you know, if we only have five or six cars in a heat or in a class altogether, 
those are the five or six marshals you get. So if you got this big track, then everybody's spread out. So when you crash, it's, it's worse because it takes longer for your car to get marshaled. Mm-hmm. But also our jumps, when we go to the techno series, we try to use the, the, the majority of the track in some way when it works. That's because, you know, everything has to be spaced out a little bit more. It's one eight scale. So it has to be, you know, the jumps have to be farther apart and, and uh, so they can flow the right way. And so you kind of, you're kind of forced into trying to use more of the racetrack. Whereas with 10 scale racing, you know, you got these jumps that have to be, not have to be, but in order for them to work the proper way, you know, they got to be a little bit closer mm-hmm. and it's just easier to build a track that way when, when, uh, I mean, you don't have to take into account that extra, what is that 30 by 75 space, I guess. Yeah. Right. Plus the dirt ovals rock hard. <laughs> oh yeah. So it, it's not like we can till that thing up. It is, it is a tough, tough dirt to break up. So once we set it, you know, the only way to get it ready for weekly racing is to drag it and kind of fill in the cracks and, and kind of, you know, get some more dirt on the surface to pack in. But, but underneath of that, that little tiny crust that might be, you know, a quarter of an inch or whatever. I mean, it is, it is basically like concrete. So yeah, it's not the easiest dirt in the world to move either. So I don't know. That's, uh, that's all I got. I was just going to recycle one of those from last week. Yeah. And, uh, Peter came on, he said, I bought the plastic diff gears too. And thanks. He wondered why the timing wasn't at zero. Could get an Aries pro V3 dude availability. I wonder what an Aries pro is. I've never heard of that one. Aries. And it's pronounced uh, Renault. Oh, cause yeah. Yeah. The D is like, you're like the car Renault. Ah, Renault. Uh, okay. Renault. Um, anyways, so cool. I think that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I like questions, especially when they're good questions. What motor do you say has an Aries motor? Yeah. Aries pro V3. Never heard of it. Yeah, no, I have heard of it. Have you? Yeah, because the the RC or the RC company I worked for, the uh, airline was Aries. Yeah, and um, I remember like googling or something, and I found that I was like, huh, that's weird. There's a motor company called Aries. Well, I'm running a Rudog. Yeah, and modded mine. That's a European. Yeah. That's a European motor. I looked it up. I think Yona is, sp- is sponsored by Rudar, but I don't think he uses their motors. Well, he they uses those, Reedy. They have those sweet receivers that are like $30 cheaper for sandwall radios that we carry at the yeah. class too. No, I, I hear good, good things about all that yeah. stuff. It should be. Uh, mine works really good and it was cheap too. It was only, uh, they only retail, they retail for fifty four ninety nine. I was like, eh, I'll try it. See what happens. Yeah. That's a pretty good hour and 10 minutes or so we got in on the, uh, on the uh, cut side a little bit longer on the YouTube side. So yeah, that's okay. I think that it's kind of, it's kind of nice to talk about nothing for a while. Yeah. Get the, make sure our three viewers can get in. (laughs) Actually we're up to six right now on, on YouTube. What? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Who are they? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really say it just just shows the viewership. Anybody commenting, wanting to shout out or, uh, no, not really. Uh, TJ Williams, but I don't think it's our TJ Williams says, Hey guys. Hey TJ. Yeah. So, okay. That's about it for us. I got to go. I got to go try to find some sticks so I can build a new crawling, uh, course ramp. Hmm. So while it's still um, light out tonight, I'm going to go to the park and try to find some sticks. You know, um, if you wanted to come to 
Lincoln and check out a lot of the stuff I got in my backyard. Yeah, you got a bunch of bush fires. Well, I also have some railroad ties. Oh, yeah? Yeah, maybe one day I'll go down there. Not this week, because I got like $10 in my bank account, so I wouldn't be able to afford the gas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I got uh, a marinating chicken and uh, pickle brine. Mm. Have you ever heard of doing that before? I I have not. God, it's so good. There's a friend of mine in Lincoln that owns a restaurant, and he was saying that he, I was telling him about it. I was like, I don't know why it's so good. And he said, it, the salt just, or the brine in it, like, absorbs into the chicken and it just doesn't stop absorbing it. And that, that's why it gets so tender and so much better. Nice. But he said he did a, he saved pickled juice or pickle brine for like, I don't know. It must have been six months, I think he said. And yeah. he was just eating nothing but pickles. He did it so he could, uh, uh, brine and marinate a Thanksgiving turkey oh. in, in it, and then he fried it. Sounds good. All right, uh, are you going to come up and race Saturday? Come, are you racing Saturday for the uh, Raisin Canes Challenge? Yeah, speaking of... We've got uh, 25 entries online right now. We're halfway there. 25? 25. We need, I we thought need... I looked earlier, and there was at least 30. Oh, well, maybe, I'll, maybe there was a whole bunch maybe that signed up, but I looked earlier today. We had 25. If you didn't uh, listen to last week's show, if we get 50... 50 or more people to sign up online, which is how I have it set up. I will cater in raisin canes chicken, uh, for the crew on Saturday for racing. And, yeah. uh, I can do that cause I get paid on Friday. So it'll work out. Uh, but drivers we, only here's yeah, drivers only, but here's the thing. Even if we don't, I think even if we don't, I think if we don't reach that goal, I won't get raisin canes, but I'll still provide something. I'm thinking just like a little Caesars pizza or something like that. Yeah, man. Like we could have it on our hot driver's stand or something. That'd be cool. Yep. <laughs> so um, I I purchased an Axial SCX10 3 kit that I will start Ooh. building uh, this Thursday for after hours. So that's where you're going to find me cool. this week. Yep. And we'll try to get into what's new Wednesday. We'll see if we get anything on Wednesday to do it. If we don't, then we don't. And that's fine. But uh, for sure, I'll start building my new uh, crawling crawler on uh, Thursday's uh, after hour show. So That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. We better go. Appreciate you uh, being here every week. Will. you're awesome. Oh yeah. I try to be, you know, no problem. Yep. No big deal. Thanks to webrise.com for the, uh, for the space and for uh, putting our podcast out there and uh, of course, pivot lending uh, group and pivotlending.com. Again, uh, if you get a hold of him, email, uh, phone, whatever, and you get yourself lined up with a uh, home loan or a refinance, mention our show. And you can get a little bit of a discount, uh, discounted rate or a $500 lender credit to your um, uh, closing costs. So that's pretty awesome. So, yeah. All right, man. Thank you very much. See you on the flip flop. Nice.